0: the pixel swim podcast episode 86 i am your host steve heinrich and this is the podcast where i take a dive into my personal journey through design and technology and where they meet plus other tidbits i find interesting this episode is being recorded and released on friday september 27th 2019 Visit Pixelswim.com for all the show notes and social links if you want to follow along. You can head over to the show notes page and leave some feedback or reach out via social media. It's always welcome, so thank you for that. And with that said, let's dive into our weekly feedback notes and links. So feedback from episode 85, a couple bits of feedback on the microphone quality from the last episode on MeWe. And the first bit was from Mike Latore. He says he thinks the set, the mic has sounded good. This new Samson Go mic has sounded good in both episode, episodes. He said if it makes your life easier and less post-processing, then keep it. It's great. So that's good feedback. Thanks, Mike. And then thanks to Frank Neethart who also uh, left some feedback about the microphone. He said in this episode, there have been pop sounds likely because the mic was too close or in the way of your breath. They are not present in the episode before. Otherwise, uh, he wanted to try the Lumia for your voice recording. <laughs> yeah, uh, I do think I had the microphone a little bit close, too close last time. So this time I kind of got it right in the middle of where it was the first time and where it is this time. So uh, thanks, Frank, for that. And yeah, I, maybe I'll use my Lumia at some point to... To record an episode, but I was having issues with my Lumia 950 microphones in the ha- in the past, so I'm not too confident. I don't want to sit down and record a whole episode. I mean, obviously, I'd do some testing before I I did a whole episode on that Lumia 950. But for now, I'm just gonna stick with the Samsung microphone and maybe maybe I'll take a look at uh, some of the other Lumias I have on hand and see what we can do. So. All right, so that's all the feedback from episode 85. Thank you for reaching out again. Visit Pixelswim.com for all of the show notes and social links for that. So with that said, let's uh, go into this week's LG G6 Weekly Report. Welcome to the LG G6 Weekly Report. All right, so this is actually uh, going to be regarding my other G6. (laughs) Uh, And this is, of course, the uh, LG G6 that I got in with the broken screen to pull the motherboard out of that I just, after I was done with it, it was just sitting around. So I actually did decide to fix that one up. (laughs) Uh, It's kind of one of those, I, I wasn't planning on this, I wasn't planning on on fixing it uh, but I've just been kind of going through a phase of, of fixing things at the moment so I uh, might that's like I said this wasn't planned so it's not ultimately if I had thought that I was gonna end up trying to fix this one I probably would have just bought the motherboard for my uh, just the the standalone motherboard instead of this whole LG G6 but uh, that was back when I was trying just to fix one phone so Uh, it's just been laying around, so I figured why not try and have a go at it. Uh, I did, I loved fixing my, my G6 via this G6. (laughs) Oh yeah, sorry if that's getting confusing, but, uh, the one that I pulled the board out of with the cracked screen is actually the silver platinum version. So the, the one that I have that I've been using is the black version. But uh, I decided to try and fix that up because I really liked fixing my other, uh, my other G six, my main G six. So honestly, with this, I'm not looking really to try and turn some sort of profit and and sell this device. You know, it's one of those. I just really want to get it, get it repaired so that it uh, it's up and running again. And this in this case, I probably will just source the individual parts as to not you know have another g6 that's just sitting around uh you know i kind of just one of those i, I kind of want to get into the the fixing game a little bit not in the way that i'm like trying to start a business or anything i'm just really curious and i really like doing these things so uh i did remove the crack display on that broken g6 uh it was a huge pain to, to get off of there it took almost an hour to get it removed and the glass was just kept shattering more and more as i went along because originally i thought that maybe i would be able to pull take off the screen as it's still cracked and then maybe you know separate the digitizer which is like the craziest type of (laughs) and for me at the moment probably a a very the most difficult type of repair to do because i've seen videos of people you know taking the glass off of the digitizer and it requires you know a lot of heat and dental floss and that's not the kind of thing that uh, i'm i'm not you know i'm not uh, delicate enough yet uh so i just essentially tried to get the screen off and as soon as it started cracking more i kind of threw that idea out the window of just replacing the glass and not the digitizer part but uh i did manage to get it off it was not (laughs) it was uh like i said it was pretty difficult because the little shards or it just kept getting worse and worse and so I had to apply heat you know many many times to it I do have a heat gun that I've been using for all of these repairs so uh, While I was in there I didn't like I said I got the screen off Uh, I got it nice and cleaned up I tried to clean everything up uh, as much as I could I did pull out the battery as well Because I figured if I'm going to repair this one that I would also replace the battery might as well So uh, and the battery has a pull tab on it in that g6 which is really nice. So it was fairly easy to get out a little, you know, took a little bit of tugging on it, but uh, it did come up fairly easily. So uh, with that said, I did order a new display and a battery off of eBay. The display was uh, the glass and the digitizer portion. Uh, I hope I'm getting that right. I hope I'm not <laughs> forgetting a part of the, the screen assembly there. But uh, either way, that was $35. I don't think it's an OEM, uh, so we'll see if it's how good this display is uh, it is a brand new one it's not used in any way so uh, we'll see how that is $35 not too bad considering uh, the component that you're changing out but uh, we'll see the, the thing that I'm uh, that I think with these displays because I had the LG G2 at one point uh, that I tried to replace the display Uh, And I was able to get one in and and put it on. The display was actually broken already. It was, you know, white spotting all over the LCD display and stuff like that. Uh, But I did order a a new display for that one. And... Really the biggest thing that kind of goes out the window is that it doesn't have the double tap to wake technology in it. So I'm a little worried that this uh, this new screen that I'm about to put on, or that I ordered in for the, the LG G6 here, the broken one, is going to uh, not have that feature in, in it. But uh, we'll see, we'll see. And like I said, I got a battery as well for $8 on eBay, brand new battery. Uh, that one is OEM, and LG battery. Uh, the, you know, the cost on these parts goes down over time, but uh, I noticed that the LG G6 parts aren't, you know, they're they are not the most expensive, but they're definitely, you can't find them all for cheap. But uh, I'm still kind of thinking about what I want to do with the motherboard on the repair, this new, new <laughs> uh, repair of this G6, uh, because I do have my old motherboard that I can put in there, but it does have the broken SIM tray. So I don't know if I want to... It's, it's one of those I, I would like to learn to solder at some point uh so, and I'm, I'm not gonna start on this g6 uh motherboard with this sim tray you know i'd do some practice and, and stuff before then but uh i would uh i'm trying to decide if i want to repair that motherboard or just get a new motherboard as i was saying uh, i was gonna do for my my original g6. Uh, and just kind of decide to scrap that old motherboard or actually probably hang on to it because i did buy the replacement sim tray for that g6 motherboard Uh, i just had no way to solder it on i mean i could try but it would be uh probably a very big mess and i'd probably end up burning the motherboard etc or just not doing a very good job but either way uh yeah so it's just you know i'm kind of trying to make this into a little bit of a hobby repairing these phones and most of what i'm doing now is actually pretty straightforward uh there's you know there's there's a lot of adhesive involved but it's not really that big of a deal so it just takes a little time and patience and i got a cheapy tool set in <laughs> for repairing phones and stuff like that or you know electronic devices and it's worked well so far so uh but really that's it though i Talking about the LG G6, uh, it's kind of back in my. <laughs> this was definitely a, a longer weekly report, considering that uh, it's not the original LG G6. But you know what? This is becoming an LG G6 <laughs> household here. So uh, after I get it fixed, I'm not sure what I'll do with it, but we will figure that out uh, when the time comes. I'm, you know, willing to give it away to somebody, you know, in my life somewhere, you know, somebody who may need a device. So I kind of have. And I know I know of people who could potentially use it, so we shall see. But that's it for this week's LG Six Weekly Report. All right. So with that same idea in mind of fixing or restoring phones, is I am actually going to fix that uh, Galaxy S Seven that I talked about last time on the show here uh, that a family member has and. So essentially they said, yeah, we want to get more use out of this device. They don't really want to have to buy a new device. So I said, you know, a new battery and a factory refresh might be the, you know, you could get uh, at least another year out of using it. Uh, You know, it's not going to be the fastest device in the world, the S7 at this point, but uh, at least it should run better. And you should get, you know, if we can restore your battery life, then that'll be a, a plus as well. So, I did order a new battery for that. That one was only about seven bucks, and that is on the way. And I also ordered a new camera lens cover piece for the back glass. So, essentially, that uh, when I take off that back glass, uh, because it comes off, it's a very similar process to the LG G6. If you look through the, the teardowns and how to replace the battery, it's very similar. Uh, but I figured that the back glass, I know that it's fine on this phone, uh, and that they're just going to keep the phone for a little while longer. It's not really pertinent to replace it, uh, unless I crack it while I'm trying to open it. But uh, either way, the I'm sure it might be scratched, you know, and stuff like that. But I figured that if I got the camera lens cover, uh, which is just a little plastic piece that, or, you know, that covers the plastic slash glass piece that just goes on top of the camera lens in the ca- the glass casing uh that you know maybe i could replace that and be good to go as far you know that way there's n- no obstructions if there's any scratching on that so i figured and that was only like a dollar 50 so the, you know nothing nothing crazy for that one too so and it comes with the adhesive and everything on it so yeah not a big deal there so i figured i'd order one of those ups and uh, the last thing is that I needed to make sure is because this person does use their Samsung device they have used Samsung devices for a while so I want, was looking for a good way to backup and restore all of their data and I kind of wanted to do it via my PC so I did find that Samsung has a smart switch uh, they have smart sh- an application called smart switch uh, for the PC uh, that is a very specific to Samsung devices and it will back everything up including the apps on their phone so uh, apps and messages and and pictures and media all the media and everything on the device so i'm going to run that on the device and get that all backed up i'm sure that'll probably take a while because it's been years of use on this without any sort of backing up or or rather any sort of cleaning up I'm, I think a lot of stuff is getting backed up on there but uh, it's not necessarily cleaned up but yeah so I'm actually I'm looking forward to that too I'm kind of getting into the business of uh, fixing and restoring phones right now uh, I do find it uh, enjoyable so uh, I'm gonna keep going with that idea and hopefully I can do more stuff like that in the future All right, so the last big chunk of my notes here is talking about my quote-unquote new car setup. (laughs) And this is in regards to the 2012 Toyota Yaris sedan that we own, my wife and I. Uh, So essentially, over the past few weeks, or really since my wife started work, we've been uh, trying to figure out our car situation because she gets a company car, or she did get a company car. Uh, so our essentially our whole car situation has changed so we would have we have, have well we had three cars at one point <laughs> which uh, yeah good problem to have of course but uh, my wife's new car is really nice uh, does have Android auto in it. Uh, but that's, honestly, I'll go over that in a different show. Not uh, super, <laughs> super impressed with Android Auto. I get it, I get the idea. But I feel like there's uh, some bugs that need to be worked out. Uh, any, anybody else let me know your experience with Android Auto, because uh, I'm curious if I'm just screwing it up. But uh, it doesn't seem very seamless to me. Uh, I've run into some buggy issues. but. Either way, moving on, uh, we decided ultimately to uh, get rid of my car, which was that 2012 Hyundai Accent. Uh, it had about 164,000 miles on it. Uh, most of that was when I was driving in to work still, <laughs> uh, making the, the long track back and forth for years. So uh, over the past few years, we've only put, a few, you know, no, not that many thousands on it. So most of that, the most, the bigger chunk of that was from when I was still driving in. Uh, So we decided to get rid of that, and also we decided to keep our Yaris uh, for at least another year, year or two. Uh, The the Yaris has about 95,000 miles on it. Uh, My wife used it to basically the whole time she was in school uh, for her engineering degree. So uh, it's, you know, it's a good, very reliable car. (laughs) So like I said, just for the next year or so. Maybe a little longer. We'll see uh, if, you know, that thing keeps running. 95,000 miles is not very much for a Toyota car. So we did have to... The the reason we were kind of going back and forth on what to do with our, our cars, which one to get rid of, which one to keep, whether we wanted to get rid of both of them, get a new one, that kind of thing, uh, which, again, we're just happy to even be in that, <laughs> in that scenario. So there was a rattling noise in the Yaris that we didn't know what it was, uh, and we kind of thought that they... That it could be a bigger issue, but ultimately, just long story short, we did uh find out what it was, figure out what it was, and were able to remedy it ourselves. It was actually there was uh, we we took the car into CarMax over here in the US, who will buy your car, give you a quote at least on it, and uh, they heard the rattling in there too. And they said, Oh, we think the chain, the uh, timing chain is you know loose, needs to be replaced, whatever, and uh, so we didn't take the quote they gave us because they kind of lowballed us so I uh, decided to take it to a mechanic and have them uh, a, a mechanic that we trust here locally and that we've worked with in the past and he said I can't find anything wrong with it and then uh, I was working with my my father-in-law and we were trying to figure out the, the noise and we were able to locate that it was just uh, under the air filter in the in the, the engine compartment there is a a vent pipe that comes up and it had just basically been vibrating and loose and was making a loud rattling noise so we were able to strap that baby down (laughs) and it hasn't been rattling anymore so that's a very good and very positive thing it just was based on the vibration of the engine uh, when it was when it would rattle so it was mostly on idle, but either way, so we, uh, fixed it, quote unquote. And so that made keeping the Yaris, uh, even easier decision to make. So since this was going to be my car now, basically for the next year or so, and I don't drive a ton anymore, so (laughs) it's not that big a deal that it's a, you know, a little Yaris, it's a nice little car. So it's very dependable, uh, strong in the winter time, especially. So, uh, I decided that uh, I was going to do a couple of uh, upgrades to the car. If we were going to hang on to it, I was going to be the one driving it around. So I finally was able to get, you know, when my wife's using it, it's hard to get in there and start thinking about things to improve and upgrade in the car or anything like that. Uh, So the first thing that I wanted to get was some new floor mats. We basically had some aftermarket black rubber ones in there, black interior. uh, But there's a big gap between the door uh, the floor mat and the plastic trim by the door, so there's a uh, still part of the carpet that's exposed and gets uh, extra dirty and lots of impediments, etc. In that little area. So the, and there's also there was no floor mats in the back at all, uh, which wasn't a big deal. We don't have a ton of back passengers, but uh, we did. I did uh, end up finding some all weather rubber mats. They're actually Toyota's official all weather mats for the Yaris uh, specifically. Uh, and they fit perfectly, so I ordered those on eBay. Uh, they were not cheap, uh, but these were—they're definitely one of those nice to have uh, because they do fit the floor uh, and the cutouts around the uh, the gas release and the trunk release levers. On the driver's side floor uh, they fit right around that and so everything is nice and covered and they're not the thickest or the best rubber mats in the world uh, but they're still very they'll do the job especially for how much that car is going to be driven around and it, you know it's got the Yaris logo on there it just looks nice you know like I said a nice to have uh, something that you know because we didn't end up having to spend any money fixing the the rattling noise uh, we just essentially uh, you know, I decided to take some, a little bit of that and, and make some other aesthetic uh, improvements or that kind of thing. So uh, that, yeah, the first thing was those floor mats. Uh, the second thing I did was I wanted to get a new phone mount uh, for the, in the car itself, uh, cell phone mount. And uh, because before my wife was using the, the steering wheel mount, which wraps around the steering wheel, uh, which in the Yaris, uh, this specific one, the RS sedan, the dashboard and the speedometer and all that stuff is in the middle of the dashboard, I should say. The the uh, all of that stuff, yeah, is in the middle of the dashboard, so you can hang a phone over the the uh, steering wheel and not worry about blocking anything. And uh, it's honestly plenty out of the way of the airbag as well, which <laughs> I, I can see that as a concern. But uh, yeah. So that's what we had in there. So I decided to look for something new, a little bit different, especially because uh, you put a bigger phone in there, it doesn't work as well. So I started looking around a bunch online for different ones. We talked about Archon mounts before in the past. So anything, everything that I was looking at was like $20 to $40. Uh, so I was not I was a little hesitant to spend that much, even though I just you know spent a bunch of money on those floor mats. But uh, I did uh, find a a bunch of options for phone mounts at a, a store called marshall's over here in the u.s it's a lot uh i'm not sure what it's comparable to but it's like a discount fashion type place like a tj maxx or a ross i don't know if any of these ring a bell overseas or not i'm not sure but either way they had a bunch of phone mounts there and i did find one for about eight dollars basically a sticky suction cup with an arm and a retractable holder on it. So it just uh, mounts to the windshield and just hangs off, and, and you've got a little retractable mounting or phone holder that uh, will grasp the phone left and right, and one on the bottom as well. So uh, that was nice to find that for $8 and get a new setup for the phone mount in there, which is uh, for me is a little bit better than the the steering wheel one. Uh, especially because my phones are bigger than my wife's (laughs) Sony Xperia XC1 Compact. So uh, the last and third thing that I wanted to do, and this was the biggest thing that I wanted to change about the car, was adding a better Bluetooth solution to the car. So essentially the setup that we had when my wife had the car, and this was actually the setup in my Hyundai Accent as well, is that I just had a Bluetooth receiver uh, that you can purchase online for about $13.00, uh, plugged into the 3.5 millimeter aux in port on the car, and then also plugged into the USB port. So they were constantly plugged in, even though they had an eight-hour battery life. Uh, the one, the receiver we used was like an M, It was called an M-Pow receiver, Bluetooth receiver, uh, and actually used them for quite a bit. Uh, and they're very good for what they do. Uh, like I said, they were always plugged in, so you didn't have to worry about the battery life. Uh, but there is a lot of wire visible with it, especially in the Yaris because the aux, the 3.5 millimeter auxiliary in is in a different place. Uh, it's not close to the, to the uh, cigarette lighter outlet, uh, with the charging USB charging uh, ports that uh, plugged into it. Uh, So you have to string a wire just a little bit. It's not very far, but it's you know, it's one of those, it's not the most elegant solution. So I was looking for a much better setup than that. Ideally, I was looking for something that starts up and pairs automatically when the car starts and is way more hidden than that uh, that Bluetooth receiver. Uh, So that's kind of the checklist that I wanted. I didn't know if I was going to be able to do it. I was looking at maybe taking that Bluetooth receiver and, you know, seeing if I could hide it somewhere else or hide the wires or that kind of thing. But then I found uh, what's called the, uh, the brand is Grom Audio. It's the Grom, B 3 Um, This is a little box, essentially, that plugs into the back of the factory stereo. Uh, it uses a different wiring harness uh, based on uh, whichever vehicle you have. So they had a specific Toyota one. Uh, there a lot of the plugs on the back of these, uh, the Toyota stereos uh, across their line have this same sort of connector. So they had the connector for that. Uh, so they had it specifically for the Yaris. Uh, there's an open plug on the back of the stereo in the factory stereo. Uh, I think it's for a disc changer, like if you wanted to install a disc changer <laughs> in your trunk or something to that effect. So uh, I don't know a lot of people that do that anymore, but the, the option is still there in the back of the factory stereo. This was this is a two thousand twelve Yaris, so I don't know if that was still uh, a big option back then. So either way, I'm glad that it's there. Uh, so it comes. It also comes with a microphone that you can mount in the car that plugs into the box. This little box as well. The box is probably. Uh, if you took a couple decks of playing cards and stacked them on top of each other, that's about what size it is, two decks of playing cards. So, uh, not huge, but uh, a microphone comes with it so you can put it in the car for, for, uh, clear phone calls and stuff like that for when you're connected to this box. So, uh, and, and the crazy thing is, is I've actually installed a similar box to this. Uh, back when I had my, before I had my Hyundai Accent, I had a 2006 Toyota Corolla. Uh, I actually installed a very similar box to this, uh, back then to the factory stereo. So I, I pulled out the factory stereo, plugged this in the back and hid the box in the, in the dashboard. But essentially the, the one that I installed then was just to have a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack come out of the dashboard, which was just a wire sticking through, uh, through the dashboard uh, so I can plug my my zoom in at the time. <laughs> so yeah, things that come a, f- a long way. This essentially is the same idea. It's just a Bluetooth module instead of a 3.5 millimeter module. So uh, yeah, so overall this Grom uh, BT3 is the it's, it was the ideal setup when I found it. So I thought uh, why not? It's powered by the car stereo. It starts and pairs automatically when the car turns on. I can hide it wherever I want in the dashboard or, or whatever. Uh, and essentially, you plug it into the back, and you mount the microphone, uh, which is also plugged into the box, and you can uh, have you know wireless Bluetooth in your car. So and and how it works is it runs through the disc mode on the on the the stereo itself. So if you hit the disc button, it uh, you can uh, and basically it's that's the mode that it needs to be in to stream the audio through that. So it's not necessarily. Like a an integrated Bluetooth, uh, where you could you know use it. Rega- if you're using AM/FM radio and that kind of thing, it'll still interrupt. It won't. You still you do have to be in disc mode to uh, hear the audio through it. But it is nice because uh, if you say you are in disc mode and you're doing your your uh, you know streaming something from your phone, you uh, if you switch to another mode, it will pause whatever media you were listening to so that's nice uh, a nice feature that they have built into it and also the nice thing too is, is you still can use the CD player as well so the disk mode essentially turns into a two two-part mode and one mode is the for this Bluetooth module and the other mode is just the regular CD player and so you can still listen to it. you don't have to give up your CD player for this thing which is nice as well and then it also will show the text uh, from a uh, basic Bluetooth song or uh, say podcast information on the the little <laughs> the, the stereo uh, display in the car so say you're listening to a song uh, you can display the name of the song on the stereo which is nice Uh, because the stereo does have a text mode uh, which i think is mostly to pull information off of cds or whatever music cds when you're listening to them or it, i think it actually supports mp3 cds as well so i think that's why that text mode is built in as well so I ordered it and I got this thing in not cheap again. This is not another <laughs> uh, uh, not a cheap option, but it because it was the ideal option, I decided that I would just go for it and and it's you know, it's going to be the exact thing that I'm looking for. So it was $120. Uh, I think it it's it retails online at 135, but they had some sort of promo code promotion going on on the website for $15 off. So I uh, was able to use that, get it for $120. Uh, like I said, because it's the perfect solution, I didn't mind, you know, paying that much for it. But uh, especially if we're going to be hanging on to this car, it's just a nice thing to have built in. Uh, for me, like I said, the biggest thing is that when you turn the car on, the Bluetooth thing comes on and pairs automatically. You know, you don't have to uh, press and hold the button like we were doing with our Bluetooth receivers uh, in order to get them to come on. So overall, it was pretty easy to remove the RSS stereo. Uh, it's basically like removing Legos. so It's uh, very uh, securely fastened Legos, but either way, you just pop off a few of the panels on the front dashboard, and then there's basically after you get those off, which all come off like I said, fairly easily. Uh, you can there's just four screws that you unscrew uh, that fasten the stereo to you know to the frame of the dashboard, and you can pull the stereo right out and uh, it's able to plug in the box into the back of the stereo and then i was able to basically string or string the box into the glove compartment and so i have the box in the glove compartment instead of just leaving it in the dashboard willy-nilly uh so it goes from the glove compartment to the back of the stereo and then i plugged in the microphone to the box in the in the glove compartment and strung that over and actually mounted it on top of the, well, it's not on top, I guess, behind the steering wheel, the little plastic area behind the steering wheel. So uh, so basically, all that's showing in this whole setup is about an inch of wire of the microphone going back into the dashboard under this, uh, above the steering wheel. So very, very good setup. And then if I ever need to get at it, it's in the glove compartment. So it's just one of those uh, really good... Really good setup. It was perfect, uh, the, and the other thing about the box too is now that it's installed, I've used it a few times. It's it's works exactly as you would hope, and it, you know, it, it pairs with my phone as soon as I turn the car on. And I'm, if I'm put it in disc mode, I can start streaming, and it's just a really good setup. Uh, but the other thing too is that you can use some of the buttons on the stereo itself to uh, control certain aspects of your your Bluetooth experience so specifically phone calls Uh, so basically according to the manual here it's to answer a call you just press uh, the next track button on the stereo Uh, to reject a call you press the previous track Uh, to end the call you hit the previous track Uh, to answer call waiting uh, you press the next track Uh, for voice dialing uh, I found that this is for voice dialing, but also for for your Google Assistant, uh, you can double press the scan button within three seconds, like you have a three, th- three second window to double press the scan button on the stereo, and it'll bring up uh, your Google Assistant, or I think whatever assistant you have, I haven't tried it with Cortana, because I do have Cortana installed on my my android devices but uh... yeah so that's nice so i actually installed the android auto app on my moto x4 to try that out a little bit to you know to have a better more simple experience while in the car and so uh... yeah i double press scan it'll open up the assistant and uh... you just speak which uh... was part of the reason why the microphone they they give you a microphone to mount closer to you and, uh, basically it'd say if I wanted to pull up directions, I'd just speak in uh, double hit scan, uh, scan, and then speak into the microphone directions to wherever. And it'll pull up Google maps for you in Android auto mode, which is nice. So the, the Android auto app is actually pretty good and straightforward. I was talking earlier about my wife's car and it was connecting it to her, uh, in dis- our display in her car. That was, has been a little bit. Ugh, finicky, but i uh, just say the least. But uh, yeah, so I got it all set up in there. So I got those three things all set up in the car, and I think that's pretty much all I'm going to do to it uh, for the next year or so. So we got new floor mats. We got a new phone mount and a perfect well not perfect almost perfect bluetooth setup for that car considering it didn't have any bluetooth in it so but yeah very happy with it very happy with how all that went and uh, again if you want to see any of these things that i talked about uh, other than the phone mount because that's kind of a generic brand one i can't find a link to it uh, but uh, check out the show notes if you want to see any of the stuff that i'm talking about get a better idea of what it all kind of looks like and how it works and stuff like that so yeah All right, so let's wrap things up here on episode 86 of the Pixel Swim podcast. Thank you again for tuning in. Uh, If you want to leave any feedback, head over to pixelswim.com for all of these show notes and social links. I will post there, and uh, thanks uh, for tuning in. Tune in next week for episode 87. (laughs) Who knows where we'll be? Hopefully, I'll have a couple of phone fixes under my belt after that, but I think it's it's all going to happen around the time I'm supposed to record next week. Oh, and the last thing, too, is that uh, the reason I've kind of been releasing things on uh, less consistently on Thursday is because my wife, uh, since she started working from, uh, or started her job, she's been working from home quite a bit more recently. And so, uh, you know, the timing of trying to record these is a little bit uh, different for me. Uh, So when she's home, I like to, you know, I like to spend time with her. So uh, she was home on Thursday all day. So... We spent the whole, you know, spend the whole day together because she does have to travel quite a bit coming up here uh, for the, over the next month or so. So that's, uh, yeah, if there's a discrepancy in the, in the day that this gets released, that's probably why because my wife is home and I want to make sure I spend some quality time there. Uh, so yeah, uh, thanks for tuning in, and have a great afternoon or evening or September or hey maybe it's even October when you're listening to this. Whatever month it is when you're listening to this, uh, thanks again, and God speed.